Well, as they're going out, I just want to say it is great to be with you. I don't know about you, but I just feel like the Spirit is here and the Spirit is moving and just excited. Worship, praise God today. Glad to be here with you this morning. We're going to be taking communion at the end of the morning. It feels like a flood when they go out, doesn't it? It's like you get to breathe in here and all that. We love them. You know what I mean? We're glad when they, I'm just kidding. Um, but it is so exciting. So college students, are you all doing okay? Yeah. You're making it through like the first day, maybe you're in the first week or two or getting there or ONU Plus starting tomorrow. So we're excited for all of you. Um, but today we're going to prepare our hearts and our minds to get to the place to take communion. And uh, I, I don't do it all the time, but I really believe in when we do it that we make it the heart of the morning. And uh, there's just so much that goes along with what it means to be communing with God. And so I hope that you're okay with this journey, and we're glad that you're here today. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through uh, 34. And so if you have that, um, if you would turn there. If not, I'm going to read it. Um, you get to hear my voice more, you know what I mean? And nothing better than that. Okay. Um, if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 34. <clears throat> for I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And church, I want you to like, I, I know for me, like reading the word is visual. Visualize the scene. It's real people in a real room around a real table with a real thing coming ahead. Like Jesus was facing a real thing coming ahead, unlike anything he had faced previous to this. And so Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person, and this is the key, key word here, let a person examine himself. Then as so eat the bread and drink of the cup, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged but when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things I will give directions when I come. God, we thank you for this word. God, we pray today we can already sense that your spirit is with us. And so right now, we thank you. We don't take that for granted. We thank you that your spirit is moving, that your spirit is speaking, that your spirit is doing a work. And so God, today, I just pray that you would keep the enemy from us in the name of Jesus. And today, let us hear, let us know, let us understand your words today. God, we trust you, we love you. We pray that you would begin to prepare our minds and our hearts to commune with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. All right, so what I want you to do today as we go along and kind of share in this journey is if something that the Lord is saying hits your heart or hits your mind, 
or hits like a chord inside of you, start speaking, working, moving, listening, changing then. Because today is, is basically just preparing you to understand the scriptures and preparing you to examine your own heart and be ready to partake in communion. So I'm going to go through five things. Can you say five? five. All right, good. You, you got the numbers, right? One, two, three, four, five. We're going to go through five things. The first thing is, if you understand the scripture here, he is telling us that when we take communion, it is a time of calling to the mind. A time of calling to the mind. Have you ever had something like you're not thinking about and something passes along and all of a sudden you're thinking about it or you remember or have you ever forgotten anything? You ever forgot something? Come on out. All of you forgot something. This may be a repeat for some, but uh, two Sundays ago or three Sundays ago, it was our anniversary. And um, Rebecca Story came up on Sunday morning and gave me a card. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I said, what's it for? And she was like, your anniversary is today. I was like, what? I mean, this is halfway through the day on a Sunday morning. I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, it's your anniversary. Happy anniversary. And so I said, okay, so I ran, and after the, it was actually after the second service, I told you, I'm so sorry, honey, happy anniversary. And she was like, whatever. Well, you know what that led into. Like, it didn't mean anything then. She was like, Rebecca's story had to remind you, but um, we're past that, right, honey? Every day is like an anniversary. Probably not, right? <laughs> no, marriage conference in a couple weeks. But anyway, um, but you know, we do things. We set reminders so we don't forget those kind of things, right? If you're in a relationship, set a day before reminder, or if you're like me, set it for 6 a.m., and then you know what's gonna happen. See, communion in this scripture, if you really get it, it is a remembering of a couple of things. And I think most of us would say, oh, those are those things that like, are just so typical of the faith. But I think the way the writer was saying it was for us to think a little bit more personally. Like, not the overall sacrifice, but the sacrifice that Jesus made for me, the things that he's brought me from, the things that he's freed me from, the ways that I think now that I didn't think before. And so communion is a calling to mind. It's a calling to mind of the great sacrifice that Jesus made. It's calling to mind that it was like once and for all. He doesn't just keep, it happened, it's done, you have access. There's some scriptures in fact, there are seven scriptures that are key to the things that we should remember when we go to take communion. The first comes out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. He left heaven to be born in a human body. He left the divine, he left the good, he left the glorious to come down. And you say, well, I mean, that's just so like lofty and it's so, I want you to think about something for a second. He didn't do the same thing for the angels that fell. You ever think about that? He didn't make a plan for them to come back and there's something unique about us that he sent his only begotten son from heaven to you to be with you, to show you, to walk with you, to partner with creation. He became poor that we might be rich. He, he became lowly that we might be rich, that we might make space in our hearts for the Lord to come and to move. He bore our sins in his own body, 1 Peter chapter 2, 24. He willingly took our place on Calvary. It was predicted by Isaiah the prophet in chapter 53, 4 to 6, that a Savior would come, and we know those scriptures well. A Savior would come and willingly take our place. Church, I don't know about you, but like, and I say this all the time because I can only say this about me, 
But the person that I was 23 years ago, 20 years ago, the person that I was even when we first got married isn't the person that I am today. And I know that if I minus out Christ, I'm not sure I'd be much different than I was 23 years ago. Every once in a while, I connect with people, right, honey, on occasion that I knew back then. And I am fascinated, and it happened recently. A good friend struggling with something then caught up with him a couple years ago, and guess what he said? I'm struggling and dealing with the same thing. And like it brought me back into a really weird place. And it brought me back to a place where like we were together and we were sharing and I thought to myself, wait, that was 21 years ago. What do you mean you're still, what do you mean it's still, what do you mean it's still controlling your, and I'm thinking, yeah, I had some of those thoughts too, but they're long gone. And see, they're only long gone because of the presence of Jesus Christ. And see, communion is calling to mind those places and spaces that we've left behind because the power of Christ came in. He conquered death forever. He ascended back to heaven, Hebrews chapter 7, 25, Matthew 28, 1, 6. All these things just as, as great reminders. But I think the key thing about communion today, when you think about calling to mind, is that I believe that communion is a moment in time when Jesus likes to call to your mind the places and spaces that he's taken you from and where he's bringing you and where he's got you and where he's taking you. It's sometimes good to remember. It's not good to always stand on. You ever go to church where like people share the same testimony and you go to that church for seven years and the same testimony? I mean, God bless that testimony, right? But you would think after that seven-year testimony that there'd be a new one. We celebrate that one, but we should have new things happening. And Jesus says in communion, we should remember all those things and celebrate God for the place that he's brought us. And so the first thing that's key about communion is understanding the sacrifice, understanding all that Jesus did, but then also understanding all the ways that he's working in us. The second thing is, is communion is a time of partnering. Now, when we think about partnering, it's a, it's a coming together. I've been so excited over the last couple of years, we have been blessed to partner with different organizations. They've seen what we're doing. In fact, it's so cool. To be honest with you, I was standing there today, and like just there's every once in a while this happens. I think about what this used to be, which was a drive-up awning, and now we're worshiping in it. We're serving people every day of the week. We're doing things like the Addicts Wake and just all kinds of things, and like it's just incredible. And I stand in humility and say, God, you've done it. And here we sit today worshiping in a space that was just a, a drive-through. And so when you think about this, I think about this. Organizations that like didn't give an iota about us four or five years ago who are now are saying, hey, we'll do this for you. Hey, we'll people like Loose Funeral Home that paid for the movie to be showed on Wednesday night that we didn't even ask for. They just called and said, we'll pay for it. Well, okay. I mean, it'd be great if we didn't have to pay for it, right? But see, what happens is, is that when we partner with the movement of God, he has a way of providing for the movement of God. Not just in the church, but in your own life. When you begin to really say yes to him, and you begin to partner with him, things change Things happen. He comes in ways you could never expect. He speaks in ways you could never predict. But see, the key is communion reminds us that in order for those things to come, we have to partner. 
we have to be with, we have to connect with. Romans 10, 9 through 11 reminds us of something we've kind of talked about, which is that we may be called fools, we may face persecution, but our bold response is to partner with what Jesus is doing no matter what. We've talked a lot about persecution. And church, when you commune with him, you are with him. You are saying he is mine and I am. We're also, by taking communion, we're also telling the world, hey, I'm one with Jesus. But we're also telling Jesus that we're one with him. And that's why the scripture says examine, examine, work through, look through. In fact, multiple times it reminds us to examine our hearts because when we, when we partner in communion, we're saying yes, yes, yes. We're telling Jesus most of all that we have a desire to be with him. Communion is also a declaration. I can't say that very well, I'm sorry. Like, can you say that, somebody? Declaration. Okay, I gotta slow my speech down, you know what I mean? Anyway, I won't say it again, but it's to declare. And um, I don't know, I think a lot of us like to declare things and like all kinds of stuff. And, and oftentimes, like, I don't know if you do this in your marriages or not, but like sometimes I declare something to my wife. I do it sometimes through text, don't I? Isn't that the best way to do it? No, okay, don't do it by text. Like we are going to, and then, you know, you fill it in, right? And it's, it's something I know she doesn't want to do, but I just like slip it in and just kind of do it anyway. But I slip the text in before I do it. You know, like we're doing this and she's like, no. And I'm like, no, we're going to do it. I'm the man of the house. And so, you know, we don't do it anyway, but um, we don't. And so I say, we're never going to get dogs again. And then I'm the one that says, let's get, anyway, um, we often declare things, right? Sometimes in relationships, we declare stuff, right? Hey, we're going to step up. Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, we're going to really, and then we never really. You know how many times communion's been taken and we declare, I'm with you, I'm one, I'm going with you, and that declaration just fizzles away. See, when we decide to declare through communion that we're going to be one with him, we're recognizing that his goals are our goals. His desires are our desires. His hopes are our hopes. His eyes are our eyes. His vision is our vision. His desire, I mean, I could just, we also recognize that there's one message and one source and one way to happiness and one way to peace and one way to fulfillment and one way to being complete. And that is not through the person that you've decided to love here, it's through Jesus who's the person of the Trinity that says to you, I can come in and I can make a space and I can fill it with my spirit and you'll feel different than you've ever felt before. See, communion is us declaring that we're one. We're one with Jesus. Communion is also a time of expectation. Y'all ever expect something? Yeah, right. I think we expect certain things like if we're going to get a tax return, we expect what? We want it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, there's a season where sometimes you get it and sometimes you, you don't get it, right? And so when we're expecting it, sometimes we expect other people to treat us a certain way. And when they don't, we're what? We're let down. I, I want to tell you what the saddest part of me forgetting our anniversary was. There was a lot of sad parts of it, but... Uh, <laughs> The saddest part is that I think in her heart 
She waits on those days, not for stuff, because she's not a stuff person, not for stuff, but for acknowledgement, for love, for not having to say, I remember, you know, remember me, like just remembering. And that's where I let her down the most. It isn't about the gift. It isn't about, it said, I didn't think enough, right? And she expected, and I didn't meet it. And that's not good. Now, now think about this. Jesus, even though he, he says, do this in remembrance when you do it with me, but I think I'm just talking maybe out of turn. But I think that when we say, hey, you know what? Because how often do we really do it? Jesus, thank you. I wasn't there when the cross happened. I wasn't there when you walked. But boy, do I know that it happened. Boy, does my heart know that it happened. And Jesus, thank you. Because even before I was around, you were thinking, you were planning, you were hoping, you were investing. And so I do think when we stop and take a moment and say, Jesus, this isn't about me today, this is about you. I think it's, it's kind of cool. I also think along the lines of expectation is that as we open that space, we should be excited about what's to come. We should be excited about the moves that God is going to make. We should be expecting great things. We should be expecting things to be different. We should be expecting God to come in ways that we could never predict. We should also expect him to come back for the redeemed, as scripture tells us. All right, and the last, the last one, and this is where I want you to think a little more practically. It is the time to get the dinner table ready. Let me just give you an example, okay? At our home, like dinner is a big deal. And you've heard me say this before, and not just dinner, but anytime we're all home together and it's mealtime, we do not eat separate. We don't eat in one room or the other room. Like we get the table ready. And now that we have like a ton of children, it's like you can carry the forks, you get the spoons, you get the knives. And then you have to remember as the parent that next time they had the forks, knives, and spoons, you have to rotate it. Cause like, no, I had that before. No, I had that. No, you didn't. Yesterday I was like, okay, I don't care who does the plates. I'm going to set them here and y'all going to work it out. Well, that wasn't a good idea. You know what I mean? Like glass plates and they were working it out. So I stepped in and took them and put them on the table and, and assigned it. But there's something about like we prepare. Now the kids are old enough. Janae does a lot of stuff. There's a lot of preparation and getting ready for the meal, getting to the table. And then we don't just eat. We don't just pick up our food. We sit there and we pray. And then it starts conversation. It starts time together. Our kids don't jump up and run out of the table because they enjoy the time of coming together. Church, there's something about what the scripture tells us here. Now, here's where I want you to get to. If you look at the end of the scripture, he actually says, go feed the hungry, take care of your hunger, and then come to the table. Strange, right? Because you're coming to the table. He said, I want you to get your needs met. And normally we say what when you come to church? Come as you are, which is what I believe. Come as you are. But what the disciple was saying here was that don't come as you are. Communion isn't that. Communion is get ready to come partake in the table of Jesus Christ. Come get ready to partake in the broken body and broken blood. Don't come not ready for... Now, yeah, I believe church is a place just come as you are. But there's something here that this apostle or this disciple is reminding us, reminding us in these scriptures that we should come 
prepared to meet with Jesus. And if there are some things that we have to clear up or get out of the way or move out so that he can move, then we need to do it before we step into this. See, sometimes we just take it. We just do it. Something we do. Jesus never meant it to be that. Jesus meant it to be a reminder. Jesus meant it to be something that brought us back to humility and humbleness. And, and so I'm going to ask if they would come, if you would. And I'm going to say five statements that I want you to think about as you prepare to take of communion. The first is, I think you got to just ask yourself, and I deal with a diverse crowd, and are you genuinely saved? Like, have you really asked Jesus into your heart? Have you really come to a place where, like, he's your all in all? I think the second thing that we need to ask ourselves, and this is hard, you ever have somebody that's not pleased with you? Just say yes. Yeah, because all of you have, right? Probably somebody next to you at some point wasn't pleased with you, okay? Are, are you really living a life that's pleasing to God? Right? So maybe those things, maybe those things that aren't pleasing, maybe you need to take this time to say, all right, I get it. I'm being real, Jesus. Let, let's take those things out and let's, let's change the, the heart set, the mindset. And another question, the third one, are hidden things needing to come to light? Are hidden things needing, and I'm talking about like publicly, between you and the Lord, are there some things that just you know aren't right? You know keep you from, why not? Why not let the Savior come in and make those adjustments? And then I think the last one is, are you living in honesty? You don't have to live in honesty with me or with the person you're sitting next to or the person that you consider to be your closest confidant. You, you don't have to live in honesty with them. But like, is your walk, is your faith journey, is it, is it really what, what you're putting it out there? Is it really what Jesus desires? Is it really what Jesus, because here's, here's the thing, church. Today, in these moments that are coming up, why not live in honesty? Why not just say to the Lord, okay, I know you already know, but here's where I really am. But here's where I want to be, and that is I want to be closer to you. And so why not in these moments just get honest with Jesus? Take this time to just listen, to reflect. Maybe you want to bow your heads. Maybe you want to bow here. Maybe you want to just close your eyes and just have some time with the Lord. But this is the time to say, okay, Jesus, I want to get honest with you. And so take this time, reflect, really listen, hear, move, change, and prepare your hearts for a time of coming together with Jesus. I was lost, I 
you guys sing this chorus with me. If you would, at this time, just take the cup that you were given, peel off the top part of it. I always like to picture the scene and I picture Jesus just knowing things that were were like not known, but known him sitting there and knowing kind of that he's about to face these things all all on his own and he sat there with those he loved the most and he took the bread and he looked at them and said for you for all this represents my body broken for you and so he took the bread he broke it and he shared it with the people that were there and so today we take it in remembrance of his broken body take together Jesus took the wine that was sitting in the cup and he looked at the men at the table and he said this represents my blood shed for you the atonement of sins the way that we can be released from the bonds that sin has and he said take this cup and do this in remembrance of me take this together God, we thank you today that we can do this, that we can remember these things. God, I was just thinking in my mind, even in the midst of all that I have, just fill it in. You brought about the plan of salvation and then you opened up our hearts in a way that we could receive the Holy Spirit. And then you told us Remember, remember, remember how incredibly fortunate we are that we can commune, that we can partner, that we can be with you and your plans and your hopes, which are good and strong and beautiful and life-giving. And so today we thank you for those moments. We thank you that we can take of communion together and that we can be a part of your plans, of your goodness. And so today we honor you. Today we glorify your name. Today we look to you and we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. It has been great, just honestly, great to be with you today. So go out and be blessed, be encouraged. Have a great afternoon.